was more. Uh, last week was so, uh, it was a very happy time with you, and uh, I hope you are having a blessing time this morning. So uh, I'd like to announce the, um, the scripture for this morning, and uh, I'd like to invite you to open your Bible, uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Mark, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. The Bible says, At once the Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attending him. That's the word of God. Okay, you can sit, please. As Pastor David said, I'm a pastor uh, in Fairfield. We have a community there, a congregation there. It's a Brazilian congregation. And uh, uh, I'm here in USA for 16 years. My, uh, my wife, Marcia, came with me, my kids. They grew up here. And then... After college, they are here working around us. And uh, my older daughter uh, is a physician. She finished her medical school in Brazil, but uh, she came back. He wor she worked for Yale University. My another daughter is a psychology. And uh, she has a daughter, my granddaughter. Her name is Cecilia. She is five years old. And uh, she works for um, Hartford Healthcare in um, uh, research, neuroscience research. And uh, my son, um, uh, he lives with me. He finished his college, and uh, he works for a nonprofit organization in Norwalk uh, called Open Doors. He he works for. Uh, he, he is an outreach manager. He used to go outside and uh, bring people who live in the, on the street. And uh, he tried to help people uh, find a better place to live and um, uh, medical resource or uh, everything they, they need. And the interesting thing, Pastor David, is that my son, when he was at high school, uh, he, he, he did many tests, vocational tests, more than 10. And uh, most of them, the results were like, uh, you could be a pastor uh, based in your, in your answer. And he said, Daddy, I don't want to be a pastor. Uh, I'd like to be, any, I'd like to, to follow any other career, but not, I, don't, I, I would like to be a pastor like you. <laughs> so I understand. So, okay, he went to the college. He, uh, he, he's graduating uh, politics, uh, international relations. But now 
he works for this organization. And he's a pastor because he takes care of people, right? And uh, one day I told him, well, well, uh, as I see my son, uh, you are doing the same job I do. You are taking care of people. Yes, daddy, I, I like to take care of people. Yes, yes, you are a pastor, <laughs> like me. And he said, oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, just sharing my little bit part of my, my story, just uh, you can know me a little bit better. <clears throat> I like this passage because um, we, can, we can see how we are safe in God's hand. And um, this passage talks about the period in which Jesus was in the desert. And uh, I would say that the, the, period, the period that when Jesus was in the desert, I would say that this is the summary of what this life would be. What it means. Jesus in the desert was tempted. He was among the beasts. And he was provided by angels. But not only the desert. If you read Jesus' life through the gospel, you're going to see that Jesus, Jesus was tempted uh, in other times. Jesus was uh, among the uh, dangerous people. But Jesus was um, provided by angels, by the... Um, love of the Father. And this text, this, this text shows us what we can expect in our lives. Like Jesus, we can expect the same. In this life, we, we, we will be tempted. Um, we will be among dangerous people or dangerous circumstances. And uh, we, we will face... Um, uh, and we will uh, experience the God's care for us. So I'd like to share this text with you, and, uh, and uh, I'd like to, to, to find how we should respond to the challenges that we face along our journey. First of all, uh, I'd like to talk about the Jesus temptation. The, 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 the passage says, Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert. And uh, the devil's great temptation was to make Jesus break his purpose, his purpose of obeying God. His purpose, the Satan purpose, was taking Jesus out of communion in relationship to God. The devil's Devil's great temptation was to make Jesus a human being dazzled with himself and his conquests. The devil's, the devil's purpose was to make Jesus a disfigure, disfigured human being divided in his devotion to God, hybridizing in his ex existence, sometimes led by God, 
sometimes led by himself. Remember last week when I was here, I, I, I preached about uh, uh, the first Adam, the second Adam. The people were here, we remember that. The, the devil's purpose was to make Jesus like the first Adam, someone who couldn't obey God. And uh, Jesus was tempted by, by Satan in this way. And this is what we face every day in our life. The temptation to become dazzled by our achievements. Dazzled by pleasures. By the life that we can establish with our efforts. Until the point where we don't need anything or anyone else. Until the point we don't need God anymore. It is an attempt to think that Live without God can have positive results. It was the way the devil did it. And now he wants others to do the same. As long as we live, we will be tempted at every moment. There will always be a temptation of thinking that we can live without God and run our own lives in a better way. It's a lie. But we are tempted every day to think about, to think like this. And Jesus was in the desert. And uh, he was tempted by Satan to think that he could live his own life without God. And get a nice life without God. Jesus was tempted by Satan. And this is the kind of temptation we face every day to live far from God. Second, the, the text says Jesus, wa Jesus was uh, with the uh, dangerous animals, or depending on the other uh, uh, Bible version, it says beasts. Jesus was with the beasts, beasts. And uh, there are two moments in the word of God where this expression appears. In the Old Testament, uh, it says, uh, uh, um, beasts of the field. And uh, I remember when the, the, the Israel was going to, to make a uh, is interesting in um, the new land. God said, I will not destroy your enemies once. Because if I destroy your enemies, the beast will multiply against you. Because of this, God said, I will keep part of your enemies to protect you. Because if I destroy your enemies, the beast will multiply against you. It's interesting because sometimes God don't answer our prayers like we uh, desire because he is protecting us. Because it's a way God has to say, okay, I'm going to... Uh, I will take care of you. 
Can you imagine if God answered all your prayers? Can you imagine where you, you be today? Sometimes I say to God, God, thank you so much because sometimes we don't, or many times, we don't answer my prayers like I'd like. Because you know, I know and you know, you have the, the best for me. And you know what's the best for me. Well, the second, the second time when this expression, beast, appears on the word of God is in 1 Corinthians 15.32, when Paul says, In Ephesus, I fought with wild beasts. But in this case, Paul is talking about people. And he called dangerous people like uh, wild animals, beasts. Uh, in Jesus' case, I would say, in the desert, he fought beasts. But during his ministry, he fought beasts too. When uh, he fought the, the religious guys um, that tried to, to kill him, betray him too. But I would say that as Jesus uh, fought beasts in his life, we also face the same. We have to face, I would say, internal beasts. External beasts. What does it mean? For external beasts, I would say, um, bad people, dangerous people, people uh, uh, who doesn't... Uh, People who don't like us or try to make bad things to us. Sometimes we have to face bad circumstances, bad events in our lives. But I would say that we have internal beasts like uh, temptations, like our passions, like our weakness. Um, our bad attitudes, or as we confess it, our former sins, our bad attitudes we carry inside us. We always be among the beasts. With the beasts, we fight, resist, and rest in hope of the resurrection and eternal life. But there's an interesting thing here. Jesus lived with the wild beasts. But pay attention, he never lost his tenderness. He lived among the wolves. But he never became like them. He never reacted like them. He lived among the wild beasts, but he kept his lamb of God's heart. He kept the image of God. That's the point for, for me. That's the point to me. Because I think that our, our goal in this world is live like Jesus. Live in this world but keeping the image of Christ in us. 
keeping the heart of sheep, the spiritual, unshakable. Maybe you're gonna you're going to remember there's there's a passage in Luke chapter chapter ten, Gospel of Luke chapter ten, when Jesus when Jesus sent his disciples. Um, I think it's uh, seven, seven, 70 disciples. And he said, I'm sending you like a sheep among the wolves. Be careful. And inter interesting, because when they returned, and uh, they, they, they said to Jesus, uh, uh, Master, uh, we did some, some um, uh, we did, um, some things wonderful. Uh, we preach the gospel. Uh, we expel uh, uh, demons. Uh, we uh, we had the, we had the opportunity to cure uh, sick people. Everything you said, we did it. And Jesus said, "Oh, I'm so glad because I I, I saw I saw when Satan was being defeated by you." by the power of God. But the most interesting thing for me in this passage is that Jesus sent them as a sheep. And when they returned, they were sheep. Because the problem is there are many believers who, was, who are sent by Jesus to this world as a sheep. But during the process, they become wolves. And when they return to Jesus, Jesus look at the, the guys and Jesus say, uh, something is different in you. Uh, you uh, I sent you, you as a sheep, but uh, there are some, some parts of wolf in you. And uh, the guy said, no, Jesus, I'm the same. I'm the same. But Jesus said, I don't know. You look like wolves. That's what happened to us. That's, that's why our, our goal is to keep our heart like sheep in this world. This is our goal all the time. Like Jesus, he lived among the beasts. But he never became like them. And third, the text says, Jesus was served by angels in the desert. And it, this means providence. Here, the Bible is talking about the God's permanent care over our lives. We live in the midst of temptations and trials. We live in the midst of beasts and that try to destroy our lives. But the Bible says we are never alone and we will never be left behind. Be severed by angels means providence of God. And God's providence is expressed in the answers from God we receive every day. So the direction you need through hope, through the peace in our hearts, through the many deliverance from evil we experience, through our mental health, emotional, spiritual health, and so on, we have received many of God, 
many of the God's hands from his providence every day. And every day we can count the blessings, the blessings God has, has uh, given to us. Second Timothy 4.17, Paul says, God delivered me out of the mouth of the lions. God will always provide what you need to live in this world. He will provide angels. He will provide people. He will provide circumstances. He will provide situations. But the point is, we will never be unprotected in the desert. We will never be unprotected in the face of wild beasts and trials. It is as if we live exposed, but we are armored. In 2 Corinthians 6, from verse 9, Paul says, We live like unknown, but well known by God, to God. We live like saddened people, but we are always happy. We live like punished, but not killed. Poor, but enriching many. Having nothing, but possessing everything. The children of God live under a banner called, called the providence of God. Please remind this. The children of God live under a banner called the providence of God. And Jesus experienced the providence of God in his life like you and me can experience every day. I'd like to conclude this message saying in 2 Timothy 4, chapter 4, verse 18, Paul says, the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. And after, he said, the Lord will take me safe to his heavenly kingdom. Being free from the evil work doesn't mean that we won't be affected by it. Doesn't mean that we won't be hit. We won't be hurt. We won't be endured by people and circumstances. It doesn't mean that we won't be assaulted by anguish and annoyance or pierced by agonies and absurd pain. But it means that despite everything, we can live in this world with our interior intact. <coughs> we can live with our heart intact, entire. Arriving safely in the kingdom means arriving whole, without missing a single piece of ourselves. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, said the Bible. He was crushed for our sins, betrayed, abandoned. The Bible says, he was a man of sorrows. But when he arrived in heaven, he was whole. 
entire. To say that despite the temptation that surround us, despite the wild beasts that surround us, whether they are internal or external, we will we, we always have the good hand of God to lead us and to bring us safely to his kingdom. Because we have, we always have the good hand of God and his providence in our life, in our lives. And um, in the end of everything, when I read this message, when I read this, this text, I can conclude, we are never alone. We are never alone. We, the church of God, we are never alone. Even though we have to face temptations. Even though we have to face the beasts, whether external or internal, we have always the providence of God on us. We are under the God's care and that we can live in peace because of his presence in our lives. May God bless you. Amen.